What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Soul Therapy, the podcast. My name is Daniel. Daytona. Today, we are going to talk about a controversy between Sunny and Kongibek in regards to Show Me the Money Season 10. And also, we will each review our top five favorite songs for the summer. As usual, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast on all streaming platforms and don't forget to give us that five-star rating. Also, for more contents, please go and follow our socials at soul underscore therapy and also please support our page on Patreon as well. So in our last episode, we previewed and just talked about the upcoming 10th season of Show Me the Money. And in that episode specifically, we talked about who we hope and is going to come out to participate in the program. And one of the artists that is planning to participate is Sunny. Now, for those that don't know Sunny, Sunny is an established veteran Korean hip hop artist. But in recent times, he has been in some heavy controversies. But now, with the surprising announcement that he wants to participate in the upcoming 10th season of Show Me the Money, there has been heavy mixed reviews and. Surprisingly, a young Korean hip-hop artist by the name of Kwon Gibek, who is mm. now under the label New New what was it? New Wave Records. Yeah, New Wave Records. He became kind of a critic of Sunny joining. So to begin, what do you make of this whole controversy? Personally, uh I don't think it like what do you call it? Um no one's at fault here. Mm-hmm. I mean we're hip-hop fans like we're kind of familiar with artists beefing back to, and it's not like um it's not like morally deplorable to call someone for being you know whack mm-hmm. if you think someone's whack you're gonna call it out right yeah so i don't think it's necessarily like something's going wrong here it's just sure. um in, like considering how new wave records is helmed by b3 um and B Free and Honey have a checkered past as well. Mm-hmm. So I think like and especially Kwon Gibek like this like disliking audition programs in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that kind of putting it all together, I think he has a record of like just saying what he thinks, especially when it comes to music. Um, like this isn't the first time Gongibek like actually um stirred up some controversy. Mm. Like he even talked shit about the new uh the K-pop Itzy single. Oh wow! Yeah, and um actually people supported him. Mm, like even Itzy fans supported him because Itzy's new song's reception was really poor. Oh, I heard about that. I heard yeah, the Mafia single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like J, I don't think JYP JYP is that talented when it comes to hip hop production. Mm-hmm. And Kwangyeop called it out, and people were actually like, "He's kind of right." And once he did that, and he didn't like really like call it out to the point where he's just saying, "Ah, this song is whack." He was actually pretty logical, mm. and as to why that song sucks. And I think that kind of I didn't call it. Um, boosted his confidence a little bit Mm -hmm. and it kind of made him talk about things that um about other things as well like um owen posted a instagram story back in the days about how you shouldn't do memphis rap unless you have a criminal record 
which what? is which is kind of weird. What kind of statement is that? Yeah, it was a very weird statement, and Kwangyebek like called it out. Like this is this is bullshit, and he did it in a way that's again pretty logical for a middle schooler, especially. And I think um, him calling out rappers that are trying to participate in auditions is kind of an extension of that. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, he's not like saying that everyone who participates are whack. Yeah. Um, I think the reason Kwangyebang is calling Sani out is because he's just, I think his thought process goes like, um, you haven't showed enough musical progression. You kind of mm-hmm. regressed musically, like I said last podcast. Mm-hmm, of course. And then you're trying to make it up, not just by like ch- actually making better music, just but coming out of an audition program. I think that's the thought process. Like Kwangyebek is saying that it is whack. Mm. You, you get what I mean, right? Yeah, and I, you know, it's kind of, um, I would say, you know, I'm not trying to put you know, Sani on the spot or anything like that. I, I just feel like mm. he's become like this polarizing artist, you know, for the past year, even though he hasn't really come out. I don't think he's even polarizing anymore. Um, it's really hard to find people who actually like Sani's recent output. Mm. Like it's a rarity in hip hop communities. Like no one really actually talk about, like no one talks about him anymore. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, he has yeah. been like really like polarizing quiet. Means, yeah, polarizing means you have fans and you have haters, and it's like a fifty-fifty. Yeah, it's not even haters anymore. Like people don't check his music out that much at all. Yeah, I mean, he has been in those you know heavy controversies, and I guess a lot of those sparked a lot of the you know backlash against him, and so. Uh, I'm not sure because like there are many controversial figures in Korean hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like case in point, B Free. Mm-hmm. Like B Free is the one of like the most controversial, controversial. artists. Yeah, actually, in Korean hip hop, it, it's not even controversial. Like he's he's over controversial. Like we consider him as like a Korean hip hop villain. Yeah, but yeah. people like but the community looks crazy when he drops an album. For example, like, I keep bringing this up (laughs) because, I mean, seriously, I know it's cliched at this point, but there's not a better example than this. If Kanye drops, and I think he's dropping tomorrow, actually, right? I think so. Yeah. Everyone's going to check him out. Yeah. Why? Because, you know, he has a great track record when it Mm -hmm. comes to music. I mean, of course, Jesus is King sucked, but that's like a... That was kind of a flop out of like 10 albums or something. As long as the music is good, people are going to check you out. No matter yeah. what you do. Like, that's why I say like sure. cancel culture is non-existent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get the moral sentiment behind it. And if you if we can actually cancel them, I think we should. But the problem is, logistically speaking, you can't cancel anyone. That's the problem with cancel culture because um, cancel culture simply doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying here is like not just people. It's not, I'm not saying that people don't want to cancel somebody. What I'm saying is it is impossible to actually cancel someone because once you try to cancel someone, they either they, one of two things happen. They come back way later, like three to five years or yeah. even 10 years down the road, or they mm-hmm. just simply switch platforms. Mm. Uh, deriving a little bit off of Korean hip hop here. Um, you remember Rosie and Barr? No, I don't 
I don't think so. Um, there was I'm not even familiar with who she is as um a lot of Americans probably are, but she's this very contrarian comedian that used to be very critical of George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. Like it, she did it in a very raunchy kind of way, and like people loved her for that. But then recently, she made some tweets about that were highly Islamophobic. So the establishment and uh, Twitter basically canceled her, and it was canceled to a point where she got fired from the show, from her own show. And we thought we were done with her, but recently she's running around Fox News Network. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's it's impossible to cancel someone unless like it's like so over the top, like R. Kelly or something. The very fact that you can cancel someone, and you um, what do you call it? Um, we're going to remember us as a generation in the future. We're going to remember for our ability to hold someone accountable, and that is a great thing. Yeah. But you're kind of naive if you think it's just cancel being canceled on Twitter is actually going to cancel that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when it comes to the whole Sani dynamic, it's not because he's controversial that people aren't checking him out anymore. Because no matter mm-hmm. how contra- controversial you are, if you make great content, people are still going to check you out. There's there's always going to be people for every person who wants to cancel someone. There's going to be a person that says that is unfair and mm-hmm. kind of support them more. Yeah. Um like all the talk about Sunny's like political like uh aspirations aside because this is not a politics podcast. Mm-hmm. Looking at it logistically, the reason if you're rel- like the reason becomes someone becomes irrelevant is not because of cancel culture. It's because they kind of failed into maintaining a certain aspect of commercialism as an artist. Mm. Like Be Free is like Free the Beast that 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 album. Mhm. That was so like people loved that album and that sold out. Like the album sold out. Yeah. The physical copies of that album sold out. For sure. You ever seen or heard about even Honey releasing physicals and if that physicals actually sold out? No. I don't think so. Yes, exactly. No matter how controversial you are, if you are dope, people are still gonna look for you. A hundred percent, yeah. So, questions. if you're beginning to fail, or if you have kind of already failed in your career, it's not because you have your political aspirations. It's not because of like your political stance. It's not because you're contrarian. It's because you kind of fell off musically. Mm. Like that's the logical conclusion here, right? Yeah, I, so, I can see where you're going with that. Yeah, Kongibek um, has every right to call Sunny out and. For, um, it doesn't mean that Sunny has to be like Sunny can't retaliate, mm-hmm. right? Like if he's going to come out on Show Me the Money Ten, he has to prove himself. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, he has to prove himself musically through other outlets. It's that simple. This isn't a like a. There's this tendency within Korea that um, view rap beef as a moral contest. You don't look for moral contest in like a boxing match. Right. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, like, like this whole reaction about uh, he's dissing for no reason—that's what hip hop is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what did you think? Like, what do y'all people thought hip hop was? Hmm. Yeah, I just figured, you know, with this whole "Show Me the Money," mm. you know, ten, you know, being kind of like the talk of the talk, and 
just so many things are already happening even the sh- before the show even begins mm. you know i'm just kind of surprised in a way because mm. but again at some parts i'm not surprised because i kind of knew this was going to happen mm. but man um I, I i just can't kind of like comprehend how you know when show me the money season four happened you know sunny mm. was part of as a producer Mm. And I kind of figured, I was like, how in the world did he get that gig as a producer? And, and then back in the days? The yeah. And then all of he a was sudden, actually dope back in those days. <laughs> no, he was. No, he was. I'm just, yeah. I'm just kind of surprised and just like very shocked how he just, mm. you know, fell into the distance, kind of faded away. And, yeah. and again, you mentioning how, you know, his skills aren't up to par anymore. As a matter of fact, yeah. it actually fell hard and you know him wanting to come out and participate i just think you know from my perspective you know let the man show his skills let's see what he's got like you said let's see Mm. what he's got because it is all about the music it's not about Mm. personal you know attacks or anything it's just Mm. a hip-hop audition program you're here to show off your skills Mm. you're here to make a statement Mm. to show that you're the best rapper in this game exactly and if Sunny is able to, you know, somehow pull it off, then great mm. for him. And I just think, you know, with this whole, I just don't think it's as serious as, you know, people try to make it out to be, especially with programs like this. You know, it, at the end of the day, it's going to come and go. You know, you're going to have these, you know, so-called controversy, which I don't even call it a controversy. I just mm. call it part of the program itself because we've had this many times before. Exactly. And so... Yes. You know, if he, if Kwame Gibek really, you know, wants to, you know, make a statement about that. Yeah, fine. Go ahead. You know, that's, that's, that's you, you know, we're not, mm-hmm. we're not here to, you know, judge you on that. We're here mm-hmm. for the musical aspect of it. And so yes. it's just, I just, at, at times I'm just, all right, let's just kind of move on. Let's, you know, let's kind of focus on the real real contents and and so yeah i mean i would love to hear this track going back and forth but um i don't think that's going to happen let alone we don't even know if sunny is really going to participate like you said exactly we don't yeah i mean like just because a rapper says uh puts up a hashtag smtm10 and releases like a minute long freestyle or something doesn't mean they're going to like actually apply a lot of the time Mm -hmm. it's just trolling or for fun like Owen put up a Insta story where you can't even hear what he's saying. Oh man! Yeah, it's like um, Mnet. Um, this is actually I fault Mnet for this. Um, last season, Mnet somehow made up the rule that if you have a criminal record, you can't go on TV. I don't think that is exactly. Um, I don't know the technical aspects, like the legal aspects behind this. Mm-hmm. But I don't think. There's a reason, like, I don't think there's a legal, like, limitation as to having people who have criminal records go on TV. Mm. Because there are a lot of entertainers with criminal records that go on TV. Like, this is the reason Bill Stacks couldn't participate last season. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it is not because necessarily about his criminal record, but mm-hmm. he's, like, at the forefront of weed legalization in Korea. Yeah, and I think true. Mnet didn't want to get like messed up, like caught up in the whole controversy because weed is still a very sensitive subject here. Oh, for sure. For sure. 
Yeah, and um, so they have shown a very uh, establishment mindset. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of like they say they're for the scene, but uh, I'm not sure. And I think Owen kind of you know with his criminal record regarding marijuana, I think he was trying to make fun of that. So he put up mm-hmm. a very weird kind of you know silent mm-hmm. application. Um, uh, how do you call it? Uh, what do you what do you call that? Um, application uh, freestyle? What? Uh, <laughs> What do you I call that? Call it a freestyle. Yeah, I'll I'll say uh, show me the money freestyle. Uh, show me the okay. money application freestyle freestyle. I guess, and um, that is whack. Like that is whack mm-hmm. on part of Mnet because I mean, every time the establishment fails to like push boundaries, I just look at them and look at them and like you're not doing your jobs. Like every time the establishment becomes boring like that, that's when culture regresses, and. Um, although the individual people like involved in the program, I understand, but you know, like if you're not willing to even take that kind of risk, I don't think you should even call yourself content creators. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, like weed. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, like they didn't even like, like, um, serve their due sentence. They all Mm serve their due sentence. I mean, and I think this is the most problematic part here. Um, there are many, many celebrities in Korea that have been caught for weed. Oh yeah, I and, and especially when it comes that. to, and especially when it comes to entertainment, I'm pretty positive sure that most of celebrities already have done weed. Mm. Like weed is um, pretty common here. It's just not legalized, and everyone yeah. does it like in like in the you know in you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, it's just, it's like they're discriminating hip hop. Mm. You have rock stars who did weed going, going on TV, doing whatever they are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Hell, you can even see K-pop idols doing that shit. Yeah. Somehow, when it comes to hip hop, they discriminate even harder. Like this stigma against hip hoppers this up against rappers and the weed and all this shit like it's stupid like even i this is the this is the biggest thing i don't get here is because um the worst incidents in mm-hmm. korean entertainment case in point burning sun yeah people who were involved in hip hop were not involved in that exactly like the worst crimes that were committed when it comes to korean entertainment history Hip-hop was not involved in that. It was always K-pop. It was always movies. It was always actors. It was always the Korean Hollywood system. Mm. And then somehow the stigma still remains that hip-hoppers are the biggest troublemakers, which is Mm -hmm. stupid. Because we don't even have enough establishment. um, We don't even have our uh, powerful establishment as they do to create all this bullshit that they incited. Mm Mm-hmm. And somehow we're the ones who are the problem, like problem makers. We are the yeah. ones we are, that are not allowed to go to the audition programs. Man, fuck you, seriously. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, and this applies to the whole Sunny and Guangyi back thing again, mm-hmm. because it's like this is what hip hop is. It's not like Guangyi back tried to shoot him or anything, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like Guangyi back said, "I'm going to beat you up." No, he didn't do that. He's just saying your music is kind of whack. That's yeah. all he said. And it's like, yeah. oh, he doesn't know manners. Like, the fuck you're looking for manners in hip-hop, man? 
<laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, what I, the I, fuck I... are your people think hip hop is? I mean, y- you really prefer the people, the hypocritical Hollywood system that trafficked humans and prostitutes? Yeah. Over people it's, it's who insane. are insane. It's crazy. Seriously, calling out someone on IG is somehow a worse crime than trafficking humans, raping people. Man, fuck these people. Like, they don't know what the, like, their moral standards are so haywired. It's like, what are we supposed to do now? Yeah, it needs to, it needs to change. It definitely needs to change. It needs to change. And, um, seriously, I, I used to think, and I think I have said this in past podcasts as well. Um, we have to sort of set an example in a way. Mm -hmm. I don't say that's the case anymore. Man, fuck these people. No matter how hard you try, no matter how people like in the AOMG and mainstream hip hop like try to like make donations and stuff, they don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I think it has come to a point in Korean hip hop where we really need to stop giving a fuck about the masses anymore. Mm-hmm. Like this country is so bad. This country is so provides a very desert-like environment people for people involved in independent culture yeah like this is not just a case for a case for hip-hop like back in the back in like the 2000s like back in the 2000s um you might actually this is this is this is a korean music history that a lot of my podcasters listeners have to know um back in 08 i think it was 08 um i might not be sure look it up yourselves or something um i think it's at least the late 2000s um mm-hmm. This was before hip hop was established. Was established. This was when um, Korean punk music was on the rise. Korean independent music was on the rise. Mm-hmm. And so it was. It was kind of the first um, independent wave in Korean music, mm-hmm. I guess. And what happened was there was a punk band called Couch mm. that went on TV and pulled down their pants. What the heck? And look, it was on national TV, pulling down your pants. All right. I personally, as a kind of a millennial here, (laughs) Mm -hmm. don't see the problem in that. But I can see how people wouldn't have liked that. It's true. Mm -hmm. Going on national TV and pulling down your pants probably was problematic. But what happened was the establishment put that as an excuse to kill independent music. Hmm. People like the major, uh, major press, the major, uh, what do you call it, studios, I guess? Like, what do you call your, um, uh, uh, I just can't think of the word right now because I'm so pissed. Um, <laughs> you know, the broadcasting systems. Yeah. Like, they kind of blacklisted independent culture just mm-hmm. because that one band. And independent culture suffered so badly from that. Um, it could have, like, I guess, started way earlier than it mm-hmm. currently has. Like, we could have had had at least a 10 years head start. But music itself suffered for that. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, huh, see, they're not establishment. They're a bunch of goons. That's mm-hmm. basically what the establishment, Korean establishment, uh, the Korean establishment treated, like, the independent scene. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stigma still s- sticks to hip hop. Like that killed Korean raw music. Like Korean punk got destroyed after that. 
Um, and it has ever been, it's ever been like this independent musician, be it whatever genre you are. Like they're kind of considered secondary citizens in a way compared mm-hmm. to the K-pop idols or, you know, the established record uh, companies making kind of deal kind of making, you know, those entertainers. For sure. And I'm not trying to take anything away from them either. Mm-hmm. It's just that there are different modes of success. There's different modes of expression in art. And that is not happening here. Like People think Korea yeah. is liberal. We're not liberal. We're no, definitely not liberal. And extremely I'm Extremely conservative. Yeah, we're not even talking about um, politics here. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the general atmosphere. Yeah, like the whole culture itself is very conservative. Yeah, I You have to consider saying. we didn't have the hippie movement, you know? Yeah. Like the whole like Western culture, like cultural revolution you had in the 60s and 70s, we didn't have that. And mm. the implications of not having that is huge. Yeah. All the like the cultural problems we had, like weed, like um, independent culture being stigmatized and everything, it is a result of this absence. Mm-hmm. And this is not something that can be solved because at this point... Um, we do have the technology, like we do have, we advanced seriously far when it comes to the economics and everything. But that doesn't mean that culturally we are viable enough to do that. Like still we cannot like, um, what do you call it? There's a reason why uh, Korean hip hop doesn't have as many conscious rappers as American, as the American or British thing does. Mm-hmm. Because if you become conscious and you begin to talk about actual politics, Oh, yeah, they can get pretty messy. They'll lynch you. Yeah, it can get messy. The system will lynch you, and the system includes the masses as well. We are, like, at least two decades behind when it comes to the actual content of our art. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, the aesthetic versions of it, the Mm -hmm. aesthetics, we have really catched on. But that's it. Yeah. The aesthetics are here. The actual things that we can speak about are not there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty intense kind of culture, I would say, just because you know of all the things you've mentioned and knowing, you know, not no because I haven't been to Korea personally, mm. but I can feel that that conservative, you know, tension, you know, that that atmosphere Wires to it. out kind of thing. Exactly, and yeah. so I think you know, hopefully, you know, with this season. You know, I just hope people kind of forego it to the point where they don't dwell on it too severely. You know, they mm. just, I hope they just kind of like, kind of just see it, but then not like really mm. get so into it, you know, because at the end of the day, it's an audition. You're, it's all about promoting your, your talents, your skills, right? Yeah. And so, and so hopefully, you know, you know, once the season starts, you know, mm. hopefully it, it goes passes by and then you know the program will transition well you know i mean the one thing i realized as i was like kind of studying pop culture and everything um when it comes to these cultural implications and complexities like the west seems to have a scope um the west seems to have be the masses against the establishment mm-hmm. in a sense here it's the opposite the masses are the establishment, and the establishments are the masses. Uh, it's, we're in a situation where, like, we're surrounded by enemies, I guess. It's just... Ugh. 
And every time I can look at kind of because this Kwangibek and Sani thing, they look at this weird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it's it's something <laughs> I don't know what I, to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's something to be major. If this is looked upon as weird, I don't think the hip hop that I know is actually properly implemented here, and I'm not sure if it actually can be implemented in the future. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe the whole um, you know how we had the conversation about how hip hop is become uh, like K hip hop is becoming a lot like K pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that is the logical progression. Maybe that is what Korean hip hop is. Maybe I am the stubborn one. Maybe I am stuck in this mindset that maybe this is what Korean hip hop should be about. Who knows? No, but I think you have your say, you know, and that's mm. perfectly fine. It's just I think I think it's the other people need to kind of like how do I say this? Kind of like transition like past all this kind of tension and just really just focus on the music aspect of it. Don't don't even think about what's around it. You know, just forget about the things that's around that's yeah, surrounding but that's the, the program. Thing. That's the thing though, Daniel. Like mm-hmm. they don't. Like and, No, exactly, exactly. No, and, I, I get uh, what you're saying. It's not because they're close minded. Of course not. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at conclusion, like looking at it from a conclusion perspective, they are close-minded, of course, but I don't think that's because they as an individual are trying to be close-minded as possible. I think that is kind of a result of how the eras have changed. Yeah, for sure. I guess what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is just kind of you know, you have your own say. That's perfectly mm. fine. What I'm trying to say is just just take it for what it is, you know, it's bound to happen, you know, mm. so just kind of like, just enjoy, kind of enjoy the, the program, you know, just you know, have fun <laughs> with the program and just kind of move on from there and just see what happens next. You know, don't like dwell on it because it's, mm. you know, it's a show me the money program and there's some kind of issue. It's, we've had this stuff before. We've had this stuff before. Yeah, but... If you think about it, like that's what I think audition programs might be about. Like kind of moving yeah, on to sure. a different angle here. Like Yeah. I see audition programs as essentially the same thing as reality TV. Mm-hmm. It really is. There's there's nothing much different. And yeah. reality TV is all about controversy. It's all about drama. Yeah, for sure. That's for what sure. auditions are. And for sure. What I'm confused here is that all the problems I have with the perception of hip hop, I'm not. What I'm confused as a commentator, uh, commentator on the culture is that maybe is this our fault in a sense? Mm. Because we always we talked about this and like the audition program has become the status quo. Like it has become it's become one sided. The most effective say. weapon in yeah. getting your success. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it is harder to find mainstream acts that didn't benefit from audition programs, right? Yeah. So maybe in the process of expanding this culture, we have effectively fused the elements of drama and reality TV into the core of what hip hop is. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is a problem of not the masses looking at us in a weird way. Maybe we really have turned weird. Mm-hmm. 
it's our identity has changed, and yeah. that's why I'm saying that while it is very frustrating and there are very hypocritical moments that piss me off. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like this might be our problem, and this is not just Korean hip hop. I think uh, in the states again. Um, you remember, you know, like everyone knows Jake Paul, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's a dumbass. By the way, he, I mean, he's a jackass. Everyone knows that. Um, but one thing that kind of really alarmed me back in the day was when he had a single called "Everyday Bro." <laughs> Never heard he, of it. He, oh, please! You'd never heard of it. I'm I'm not updated with the culture, man. I try to I try to stay away from these things and just kind of yeah. focus on. Um, you know, that was I think it was around the time Kendrick dropped. Damn. Okay, interesting. Um, you heard you never heard England is my city. <laughs> never heard of it. Yeah. Um, everyday bro is a bunch of YouTube influencers being a jackass and making a rap song, and mm-hmm. you know the simple trap rap songs. Yeah, yeah, and uh, go ahead and check the YouTube. It, it is one of the most obnoxious and stupid songs ever created. But oh that, boy. but for a moment, for a moment, that song beat out Kendrick Lamar on iTunes. Oh, interesting! It, it reached number one on iTunes when "Damn" was released. When "Damn" was on high power, like when "Damn" was really killing the charts, that beat out "Humble" for a moment. I think on iTunes. Jake Paul, a white guy with a bunch of money, and his team, who is stupid enough to write lyrics like "England is my city," made it number one on iTunes for a short moment. I mean, that's kind of kind of disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it's not just disappointing; it was alarming. Mm-hmm. It was really alarming, and. Back in the days, I felt like it was alarming. Luckily, I didn't. Um, the worst scenario I had in mind actually didn't manifest, but it manifests in different ways now. Um, mm. Like because the thing is, Jake Paul improved. <laughs> mm. Now you have a white frat boy making actually music that bumps, and and usually it's because it was ghostwritten. Oh. Uh, he, Jake Paul had a single called "Fresh Out of London," I think. Never and it was ghostwritten by designer. There's always and Jake Paul, contrary to what a lot of people think, he's not independent. He had venture capitals coming in and throwing money at him. Mm-hmm. You always have to going to like what I'm trying to say here is that um, the establishment and the industry has always ways of bastardizing whatever movement that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense, you have to remain vigilant to it. Of course, of course. But that's what I've always said throughout this podcast. From But recently, what I began thinking about is that maybe what if independent culture in general is impossible now? What if what we consider counter-capitalism, what we consider counter-establishment, maybe what we consider independent is now also a commodity of industry. Mm-hmm. Where the anti-industry sentiments and anti-industry aesthetics are also industrialized. Because that's basically, in my eyes, what happened to Korean hip-hop. Yeah, I can't blame the people going on auditions because it's better than them starving, right? Yeah, they of need course, to of find course. a way to live. Like they, need to, yeah. they need to find a way to f- put food on the table. Mm-hmm. 
So we we face in this era, in this, in this day and age of cultural content, we are we are faced with a a paradox, an, a very yeah. uncomfortable paradox that what we love so much about something when um, it's underdog stuff, maybe that is not underdog anymore. Not because it is an individual sold out their soul, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but because the system is kind of structured that way. That's true. I think at the end of the day, it's, again, in my opinion, mm. it's what you make of it. And I think hopefully, you know, with, again, with the season coming in, I just hope, yeah. you know, people just take it for what it is, like I always said, and just kind of like mm. enjoy it and just kind of like, don't dwell on it, you know? Mm. So, you know, hopefully the season goes well. So. Yeah. Um, and the ultimate message I want to say on this episode is that with this mentality, like with this kind of, um, if what I said is indeed true, mm-hmm. when it comes to beefs and stuff, um, this is a little bit of personal advice mm-hmm. because I have been heavily involved in cultural content and reviewing it and consuming it and everything. There's no such thing as purity in art. Of course. Yeah. Period. There, It's impossible. Once something is commoditized, it's impossible. As yeah, much as there a fucking scent involved, it can't be pure. Mm-hmm. What we consider pure are in social movements and political movements, it cannot be implemented into art. What I'm trying to say here is that idolizing someone, idolizing celebrities, um, thinking they're your friend, mm-hmm. thinking that they somehow care about you, I'm sorry, but that is a delusion. Mm-hmm. I have been disappointed so many times and I have been surprised as many times as well. Mm-hmm. Through my, throughout my career of loving music, that's one thing I realized. They are not Webermanches. They're not above you. They're not below you. They are kind of like you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. better than you. They're not worse than you. Just treat them like you would any other person. You don't idolize your local restaurant that you go a lot at the times, right? Mm-hmm. You might like their food. You don't idolize that restaurant. You don't mm-hmm. idolize your local bodega. You don't. Treat celebrities like that. Treat yeah. celebrities as as a consumer and a produce as uh, as a producer of the goods that you consume. Yeah. Keep your distance. That's what I'm trying to say here. And <laughs> in following that true, true. Um, thought pattern, like saying someone is like, um, like, uh, like for example, um, this Kwangibek thing. Like Kwangibek did something wrong. Don't care about it. Like Kwangibek, like wait, let's say Kwangibek kind of like um, with the whole Sani debacle, right? Like he was wrong to call out Sani. Yeah. Maybe he was, maybe he isn't. But the person who is losing, uh, who's losing energy over this is you. <laughs> he doesn't care what you think. Mm-hmm. The very fact that you get angry over like celebrities is kind of a waste of energy. You get what you get. I want good albums. Yeah. I want good music. That's it. If you think about this, um, 
the very fact that you have to cancel someone, for example, like this now, Kwangi Vegas Honey aside, let's just say in celebration period, when you have to cancel someone, it means that that person has enough influence that you have to cancel, right? If that person doesn't yeah. have hand influence, you don't have to cancel him or her. But if you think about it, the people who gave that person that much influence is us. Mm -hmm. No one man or woman should have that power in the first place. If we have not idolized them in the first place, this shit wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we haven't, if we hadn't idolized R. Kelly that much, if we haven't um, idolized uh, fucking Bill Cosby, if we hadn't idolized Chung Junyo, they wouldn't have had the power to do that kind of criminal activities in the first place. Granted, if we consume their stuff, like granted, we consume their stuff and stuff, um, we, we give them money. That's true. That's inevitable. But we give more than money to celebrities. That's the problem. They give us goods. We give them money. That should be it. Yeah. View them as people. They're not gods. They're not your masters. Mm -hmm. They're not your role models. You don't consider someone you don't know personally a role model. That is foolish. If you really think about it, that is not a great choice in your life. That's not a good choice to make. Stop over-investing in celebrities, period. And I know saying this kind of might be um, against uh, a podcast that is supposed to be talking about celebrity culture, the irony of it. But at the end of the day, that's what's good for you and that's what's good for me. Don't give mm -hmm. them the power in the first place. Yeah. That's it. That, that, that's, I guess, the public service announcement for today. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was very... Um... I think it's very powerful. I think it's something that we did to address, you know, outside the context mm. of, you know, the whole show me the money, you know, beef and yeah. controversy that's going on. I think it's really important to address these kinds of issues so that, you know, people get a clear understanding or more of a, mm. you know, more descriptive uh, knowledge about, you know, stuff that goes on, you know, the outside of it, like the deep substance of it. It's so like, it's like it's this, um, you know how capital makes capital? Yeah. Like capital has a tendency to um, self kind of reproduce in a sense. Mm -hmm. It's not labor. And I think that applies to uh, cultural content as well. Mm -hmm. The very fact that you're watching Show Me the Money is already giving them commodity. It's giving them money. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you start to have additional discussions if you start to have um if you begin to like overinvest yourself emotionally into that you're giving mm. more than you bargained is what i'm saying yeah for sure don't give them more than you bargained for is a very that's all i'm saying here celebrities yeah. don't owe you anything and you don't own it like celebrities don't owe you anything and that's the same for vice versa yeah yeah, fame, has, fame itself is a commodity. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of commodity is kind of subconsciously handed to them without our knowledge or, in fact, without their knowledge as well. Yeah. It is up to us to, like, remove that from the aspect and actually treat them as artists and not as celebrities, not as these idols or gods. For sure. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's uh, it's just kind of like, you know, our our perspective, and so yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, things um, 
kind of like transition granted uh this is very i get this is just in theory um <laughs> because the, i'm probably not the i mean a lot of people before me probably thought this as well it's just um i don't it might this is not something like this kind of thinking probably existed a long time ago and a lot of people still think this what i mm -hmm. just said today but the reason I guess it is not being actually implemented is because it is not exactly applicable. Mm -hmm. But not applying something because without knowing the implications of it and just not doing something because you have no knowledge of it whatsoever is a completely different kind of... It's, it's completely different. Yeah. And sure. having I think having this kind of uncomfortable sentiment in a way in the back of your head Mm -hmm. Constantly calling out to your, I guess, conscious or whatever. I think that's important, you know? Yeah. We give way too much power to these celebrities. We give way too much power to someone, not because they don't deserve it, but because no one deserves this. No one should have this much influence, period. So, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully, again, like I've been mentioning, just hopefully the season progresses well and, you know, People just take it for what it is. And mm. so, yeah, let's just hope for the the best of this upcoming season. So mm. moving on to our, you know, final topic, you know, just like our previous, previous episode where we each picked out 10 songs to talk about instead ah, of 10, yes. we each picked out five songs for the summer, mm. uh, K-pop songs, songs to talk about. So the first song I picked was Yamta and the song mm. is called Hanadu and it features Zion T and it's off of Yeah, that's Yamta's a great song. Breathe 3 album, which came out last year. And I really wait, love this song. Wait, wait, The album is called Breathe in English? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it's, it, yeah, I don't know. It's, really? It's, it's, it's weird. Wow. Yeah, that's what it has it on iTunes. But huh. I mean, I, I love this. I love this song. I love this record. I mean, it's, it's not it's a perfect... wrong, but... Um, but oh, it's, it was a quite literal translation. Oh, okay. Translation. All right, all right. It's a perfect summer song. I mean, mm. I love the, the tropical infused beat, you know, and... The producer on the song was uh, Midas P, and I know he's yeah. one of the like, kind of like rookie producers out mm. there. But I, I just love the project. It's it's such a it's not just catchy, but I just love how the chemistry between Zion T and Yumta they kind of go back and forth. Yeah, and I just love that about the the whole project itself. It has yeah. like this very up tempo kind of dancehall type of tropical vibe yeah. to it and so i just think it's a perfect song for the summer so yeah you know if you're out there you know looking for a summer track you know definitely yump does hanadu is a is a really solid summer track i oh wow they call it breathe in english huh hey man it's uh, uh granted, it's iTunes. uh the listeners of this podcast um it sounds way cooler in korean just because it has yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of a lame title doesn't mean that you shouldn't check it out um Breathe is actually one of Yamta's catchphrases. Um, it's actually it's hara mm. sumjo in yeah. in Korean, which is yeah. closer connotate the closer connotation to is survive rather mm -hmm. than breathe. <laughs> yeah, apparently, it has breathe <laughs> one, two, and three on the iTunes. That's so I, mean, I just title. go with that. That is a lame ass title. Um, but the song is great. Seriously, Hanadu is a great song. It's just just because of the album title, like no, definitely check it out. But albums are great. Yeah. Like the Breathe series, I guess, quote unquote, mm -hmm. one, two, three, all of them are great. So check it all out. I would go with the classic here, uh, Benzino okay. Summer Madness. Oh, I was I mean, thinking about song, that. The song itself. I mean, the title says Summer Madness. Yeah. 
Um, uh, this is just a very chill song. Um, kind of a Mac Miller vibe, the jazzy Mac Miller vibe. Yeah, and I sense that. Yeah, it it just feels like you you turn this on and then you see why it's named Summer Madness. Like you know the mm-hmm. summer nights where it's humid and it's hot, <laughs> and you you kind of need to chill out a bit and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say it's one of his more underrated songs too. It doesn't yeah. get played that often, so. Um, and it's a really laid back tune, and it's about um picking up, you know, prospective sexual partners. I'm going a little British here. Um, and I mean, there's not much to say. It's really minimalist, but very effective. Yeah, a, the quiet yeah, has a simple song here. Yeah, it's yeah. a very simple song, but I mean, it's a, it's the it's the perfect vibe out song. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, for my second song, I went mm-hmm. since you said a simple song. I kind of went with another simple song. I went mm-hmm. with Palo Alto's "Move On," and it was off of his "Love, Money, and Dreams" album which came yeah. out in 2019. It was part of a single and he kind of built it up yeah. towards the end of it. Yeah, yeah. But this is a a perfect case of another simple song. Mm. Just a simple beat, just kind of like smooth for the summer, you know. Yeah. And the music video is so is so like clean, I would say, you know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of you're out of the sun, just kind those, of those has a knack for those kind of visuals, I think. That yeah. clean, futuristic little bit kind of thing. Yeah, so it's yeah. if you if you watch the music video and kind of listen to the song, you you'll kind of see why it's a good summer track. It's it's produced by Big Banana, so mm. I mean all of his songs are like you know, or his beats are pretty simple, and so yeah, yeah, it's a it's like another like, I would say like kind of visual. <laughs> yeah, it's like a chill yeah, you know, summer exactly. Song. So yeah, definitely check out uh, Palo Alto's "Move On." Um, you know what? Let's uh, we did the chill stuff. Let's go a bit. Uh, noisier, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Son Samuel has a single called Jungle Riot. Oh, Son Samuel is really good. Um, like but this, this Jungle Riot track is was released before the Misfits album dropped, but it wasn't actually mm-hmm. included in there. Mm-hmm. But like you look, you look at the title and you know what it's about. It's kind of noisy. There's lots of horns and stuff. Hmm, so it's like it's a little it's almost like almost a little bit ravey in a sense mm-hmm. and you feel that kind of tropicalness but there's a tribal vibe to it as well so yeah it's a very high energy track like this is not your chill but more like a summer party kind of thing oh interesting yeah like these i um it almost has a kind of tropical vibe as well, but in a different manner. Like it is not the Hawaiian tropicals; it's more like the Amazon tropical kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, there's a difference in that, and I think that's what this track encompasses—a little bit of a primal vibe to it. So definitely check it out. It's every time Sasamo does something, I'm surprised. Ever since that yeah, Unity a, album. Yeah, he's a underrated singer. Yeah, I mean. This is the guy that should be chopping, like topping the charts, not chopping the whatever. Um, like seriously, um, because every time he drops something since Unity, because a lot of people like his first two albums, which dabbles mm-hmm. heavily in electronica, and I like them as well. It's just like he, I don't think he was as uh, vocally proficient in mm-hmm. those first two albums compared to how ambitious it was. But ever since mm-hmm. the Unity album, 
when he go he when he went to a completely neo soul jazz influenced direction, he became mm-hmm. really comfortable in how to use his vocal intonations and how he writes the rhythm. And ever since that album, he has been one of the most forward thinking R and B artists in Korea. Period. For sure. Yeah, like I have never like. I have never seen an R&B singer do something like this Jungle Riot track or the Misfits kind of thing. I mean, you had bands that jammed out to these kind of musics, but it, that these kind of music, this kind of, sorry, this kind of music, but you mm-hmm. never actually had an R&B singer write these kind of rhythms above them. Mm. And... So Samuel is such an interesting artist, and I'm I'm recommending Jungle Riot right now. But I suggest everyone listening to this, like seriously, check out his entire discography. You will not be disappointed at all. For sure, yeah, for sure. Uh, so my third song, uh, I went with a, a cl- instant classic that everybody mm. knows. You know, I went with Illionaire Records mm. YGGR featuring MC Meta, and it's off of Illionaire Records. I consider it to be a summer anthem because <laughs> I mean, cause, granted, it, it, it was crazy in the summer that it was released because it's just it has like a prototypical summer anthem to it. it mm. You know what the song reminds me of? Like, I'm not making a huge comparison of it, but it just kind of re- reminds me of DJ Khaled's "All I Do Is Win." All in I terms do of is just, win, 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 win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I get the comparison. It's not like a direct comparison, but because it's such a that Miami a huge shit, you know. Yeah, 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 and you know everybody knows it. You know, yeah, when you hear it, like the when anthem. when that beat turns on. Yeah, like everybody's oh, this is YGGR or oh, all I do is when I know the song. You yeah, know? so it's an instant classic. So yeah, exactly, and I know, like and I boomers know, know uh, the song exactly. <laughs> and I remember the Even, Quiet and Benzino yeah. performed this at a Water Bomb Festival. Yeah. 2019 so it was bound to be crazy it's always a to me it'll always be a summer hit and it's like a party summer song too Mm. so i mean it's such a mainstream hip-hop classic hit Mm. so for people who need you know like a song that that needs like a Mm. like a like a party anthem kind of type vibe then i highly recommend checking out yggr yeah it's an addicting song too so i mean at this point, that's classic. Like that's the song that changed, exactly. That's the song that changed everything. I mean, exactly. It's not a I I because um I don't think I don't consider that a summer party album a party song. I just consider that a party song. Period. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It can be played any time of the year, yeah, which yeah. is why it's I included in the summer. Mm. So yeah. All right. Um, since you put out that boom stuff, <laughs> booming things, booming stuff. Man, I'm just, I swear I I fuck up the terminology sometimes. Um, You're good. Uh, let me go with the uh, more personal stuff. Okay. The stuff you don't party to the speakers, but the stuff you party to alone when you're listening to on earphones. Mm. <laughs> um, Legit Goons is famous for these kind of summer anthems a lot of the times. Ooh, and Legit Goons there's a certain sense of grooviness to it it's not like in your face like yggr is but it has a certain bounce to it that really suits the summer like atmosphere you know and they Mm -hmm. have so many of these kind of tracks Mm -hmm. but my personal favorite is off of their second album camp which goes by the name of yajasu 
Okay. Which is in English probably means a coconut tree. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it has this, it is a very gentle guitar lick and has a very balancing flow and a very, and a super catchy hook. Um, that's pretty much it though. Um, <laughs> because Legit Goons has uh, several rappers, like the song yeah. doesn't get old, even though it's very simple because there's like these three rappers are so different from each other. Uh huh. So you have a certain sense of tension and a perfect between a, a perfect balance between tension and chillness. Okay. And that's I okay. think what Legit Goons always like does really well. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for summer anthems, like I just said uh coconut tree here, but uh <laughs> I'm not sure even that's the English title actually. The Korean name is Yajasu. So for sure. Yeah. Anyway. The, their albums are so summery. Mm, I, I yeah. strongly recommend you check out all of their albums, and especially the second and third one. Like it fits, it, it fits the season perfectly. Like just okay. throw them on, and if it's summer, it will fit anywhere. So for sure, yeah, legit goons, tro- uh, tropical tree, coconut tree. Oh, I don't know, yajasu, but check out their albums as well, the second and third one. For sure. So my fourth song, I went with PH1, and I went with a song called Pool. Well, obviously translates into Fire, and it features Benzino. And it was off of PH1's mini album, Mm. which dropped in 2019, called Summer Episodes. Mm. And this song is what I would call a clubby summer pool party song. Mm. I mean... The title of the song kind of says it all. It's mm. pool, it's fire. And mm. so it has like this very house kind of dance kind of beat to it. And yeah. I know Mokio, Mokio produced this beat. Yeah, Mokio and, so, and PH1 like work together a it lot. It was a collab, yeah. yeah. So this is a perfect song for when you're at like a kind of like a pool party, I would say. Mm. And you, you know, you're needing a, you know, kind of like pump, like a pump up jam. Yeah. I, I definitely recommend this song. Yeah. I mean, there's really nothing more to say if you actually listen to it. If you actually just listen to it, you'll be like, oh, this is, okay, this is a perfect summer uh, beach, kind yeah. of beach pool party type I mean, uh, this song, is the so. quote-unquote what we call summer vibe. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. And the, and the, that once you hear it, you know what it is. And the album itself, it's called Summer Episode, so it's yeah. really perfect for the summer. Yeah, um, I think that it, it is a very great song. And Pinzino... Some I think Benzino was put the perfect rapper when it comes to summer vibes. Dude, his voice just fits perfectly. Like I think like his jazzy fact material is either for the spring or the fall. Yeah. But for sure. his original material is really geared towards summer. Mm-hmm. I've never heard a winter vibe from Benzino yet. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think it fits that much. I mean that's up for Essence. People mm-hmm. like Essence. But um anyway. Plowing ahead. Um, actually, I have a song from an album that is strictly geared towards summer as well. Um, Kaki has an EP album called The Summer Rush. Mm, I like him. He's a good artist. Yeah. And coincidence, um, maybe it's coincidence, but he like admits that he's very heavily influenced by Benzino as well. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, it, it dropped in 2020, last year. And it's a very short four-track EP. But off of these four tracks, there's a song called Shidong, which means ignition yeah. in English. 
And it's really literally about ignition. Um, kind of taking off. Yeah, I mean, the song starts off with a car ignition, car ignition sound. Well, there, well, there you go. Yeah, and it's it is a almost like dirty southern rock element to it, almost a Ooh. desert rock kind of vibe to it. Like there's a chord Ooh. progression by guitars, and it's so Mad Maxy in a sense. <laughs> that I was gonna actually say that Mad Max kind yeah, of yeah, it has vibe. that kind of like running kind of vibe to it, you know that yeah, almost a pirate dirge kind of thing. And it really works, not just as a party jam, but I think it kind of fits when you're exercising, I guess, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Like, this is on my exercising playlist as well, but... Nice. Because of the whole summery vibe to it, it is great if you're jogging outside or like stuff like that. So this is one of the very... One of the summer songs I keep returning to. I mean, I return to the song, period, whether it's summer or not, but... Summer is especially more fitting to this song. And his flow on this is so sick. Like, it's so laid back, but tight at the same time. It's just, this song is what made me really anticipate Kaki as an artist of what he will do in his studio albums. And this yeah. was actually, I I made a list for Hip Hop Play last year. Mm-hmm. And this was in like the top 10 songs of the year. Oh, I put sad. it in there. Yeah, this is a really great song, so... Definitely check it out. Check that out. Yeah. For sure. So for my final song, I went with a more recent song, and it's by Spray, DJ Spray and Blase. Mm. And the song is called Back. And it was off of a collaboration between Spray and Blase. It's a Mm. mini album called Snatch. Mm. And I just this song, I Mm. it's not if you hear it, you wouldn't be like, oh, why is this on the summer playlist? But (laughs) I just love the kind of the concept the lyrics because mm. it says i'm back mm. i'm back and and i put it there because we're you know how we're in the season of you know the pandemic and all that yeah. and you know once you know we recover hopefully soon i'm back motherfuckers you know, <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's like it, that's that that's how i interpret the song mm. like i'm back like finally uh, we're back to, yeah we're back to society we're back yeah. to hitting the beaches the pool you know that summer sensation so i kind of wanted to bring this song to yeah. give it off more as a this could be used as a summer song too it's just like when you're in the car you're like yeah. i'm back people we're yeah. all back mm-hmm. you know and so it's 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 just a really perfect and i just love the beat to it it's like kind of an unorthodox melody too mm. how how Spray incorporates the kind of like this real interesting beat. And yeah. I know DJ Spray wasn't like a real prominent producer in the past because he was more of a DJ because he was like yeah. part of a B-Boy crew. But yeah. I think over time, he's aged into a really competent you know, like emergency. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited for more um, beats produced by Spray. And so this is one of the tracks that really stood out to me for uh, Spray. Like all uh, the only problem I had with that EP was that it was so short. Oh, like they, of course it's like very Blase short, and Spray needs to like Blase and Spray need to put out an entire project together. Like yeah, like they fit sure, in together sure. really nicely. And I mean, I just mentioned Kaki, and they're very close with Kaki too, from what I know. And mm-hmm. um, they're also very good friends with um, Kugi, if I'm true. If I'm yeah, yeah. So. They like they have to put out a collaborative album or something. Like oh, they fit in really nice together. And um, yeah. the last song, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go with K 
Camo. Tiffany okay. Cartier. Camo is one of the hottest people in the scene right now, period. Like, yeah. She's rising. Super more. talented. Yeah. Super talented. Super talented. Not only that, but I think she has a very mainstream appeal to her as well. Yeah. Yeah. And um, her recent EP was a nice variation, I think. Usually I like I prefer better when he like she really raps raps but um she showed, I think for a debut that yeah. was really good. And well, it showed a nice variety to it and one of the songs I really liked was Tiffany Cartier. Yeah, that's always fire. Yeah, it it has a nice summer not 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 necessarily summer but a very pool party type of vibe. A night exactly. pool party. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, vibe to it. It's 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 not the most like original songs out there, but if you yeah. look like in this kind of playlist you don't look for originality. You look for how no. effective it is. And this is a very yeah. quote unquote effective party song. Not party sure. but uh a nice lounge kind of thing to it, I think. Oh yeah, I can I can definitely yeah. get that in the this lounge. Is the, yeah. This is not the party you like party hard to. This is a song no, no, no. you put on the party, but not when you're actually raving, you know? I would even say it's a kind of like a, a nightlife summer song. Yeah, you know? the like, night kind of like the after kind hours. Of to it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Like this, this, the vibe of this song is so intoxicating, and I love that about it. And Yeah, it's a, it's a real good song. Kamo is such a promising artist in the scene right now, mm-hmm. especially considering her next EP, like she cons- like exclusively says she's going to be like rapping, rapping, so... That's even better, you know. Yeah. Just I like the diversity that's already. Yeah, built, I think she's know? a multiplayer. Like she can do anything, and for sure, for sure. Yeah, so definitely, definitely check this. Like check the whole album out, as I always say. But here as a playlist, Tiffany Cartier by Camo is a great song. Check it out. Yeah, for sure. So you know, as we begin to slowly wrap up our show, you know, as usual, any artist or tracks that you're currently listening to, or is there a track from our selection today that you would like to share or recommend to our listeners? I'm not even going to recommend a hip hop song. I already recommended okay. five hip hop songs. Let's let's go with a Korean kind of classic pop here. Even better. Like these days, I'm listening to uh, some Korean ballad stuff. Nice. I love ballad. But the conventional ballad structure is not for me. It's one of the mm-hmm. reasons why I was gravitated toward K-hip-hop. Mm-hmm. But there are exceptions to these rules because there are people, like there are Korean artists that were involved in the ballad scene but still put out groundbreaking music. And mm-hmm. one of those people is called Yoon Sang. Oh, legend. legend. You, yeah, you probably, if you're Korean, if you're especially familiar, like, familiar with K-pop and just Korean music in general, you probably saw him pop up somewhere. Like, he's a legend. Like, he's, yeah, he's a bass yeah, player. Bass player, and he's one of the most uh, prominent figures in Korean music to first implement electronics to their music. Agreed. Like, when it comes to like sound engineering, there's not many people that is more experienced than Yoon Sang is. Mm-hmm. And his masterpiece is usually considered one of the two albums, which is Insensible mm-hmm. and Cliche. I like both of them, but um, I prefer Cliche slightly more because it is a more fully realized album. Insensible mm-hmm. is an EP, while Cliche is a full-length album. And there's a song called City Life. Okay. 
it is a city pop vibe kind of vibe. <laughs> I mean, oh, I like that. I mean, the you know the title says it in itself, and it exactly. fits with the summer vibe very well too. You know. Mm-hmm. That whole warm synthesizer kind of thing, and there's yeah. a steady beat to it as well. I mean, one of the things I like about Yunzang is that um, while he does make ballad music, his mm-hmm. melodies are ballad stuff. Like the production is very synthy, the production is very electronic, mm-hmm. and he has a sort of diversity in his music that refuses to be kind of boxed into this Korean ballad balladry of where everything is just strings, strings, strings. Mm-hmm. Definitely check out this cliche album by Yunsang. It, it was released in the year 2000, which makes this record 21 years old. Mm, wow. Like, this is a classic. This is a classic in Korean music history, period. So definitely check it out. It will sound dated, but at this point, if you're listening to a record that is 20 years old, you're kind of anticipating it to be dated anyway. So Yunsang, City Life, great lyrics, great production, a very unconventional but pleasant melody to it as well so definitely check it out like you know what sure. check out yunzang period he's a legend yeah, that's, that's what i was gonna say yeah he's a fucking legend um without him korean music will have not come as far as it has come right now we would exactly. still be struggling with electronics a lot without yunzang that's so, true yeah yunzang cliche album city life check it out so for my final song, I stayed with the hip-hop song and I went with not a summer hip-hop song, but I went with, again, East Sense. And mm. I went with a song called Bucky featuring mm. Master Wu and Kim Isle. Amazing song. And yeah, dude, I, I just, uh, for me with this song, this kind of took time for me to like it, actually. Yeah. It took me, I would say at least five times, you know, really? to really appreciate. Yeah, I, I I heard it once and I was like, Okay, I, like the rhythm it, is rhythm sounds off the first time you hear it. It's not only off, but then the the sound choice was very unorthodox, and yeah. it was I would say experimental. But it was when I looked at who, yeah, and when I saw who the producer was, I was it was Frank, and I was like, oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but, but on the fifth listen, I was like, why did why did it take me this long to like the song? Like I like what is wrong with me? And <laughs> Actually, a lot of people since, thought that way. No, yeah, yeah, that's I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't blame them because it Yeah, I mean, granted, a lot of people liked it in the first listen, but there were a substantial amount of people who couldn't kind of like what is this? Because when it comes to Frank with his work in XXX and Triple X, how how, yeah. how should you call this? XXX or Triple X? Um I call it Triple X. All right, Triple X then. Um his his work in Triple X is usually blown out as fuck. Yeah. You know? Like, it's very abrasive, the soundscape of it. Even when it's a little bit popular, it's, like, so in your face. And what he yeah. did on Essence's second album was a completely different direction. Like, the yeah. sound palette is the same. It's still very electronic. But it is mm-hmm. very laid back and minimal. Yeah. And I think that caught a lot of people off guard. Because... Mm-hmm. They weren't used to it. Yeah, fans of Frank is like, huh, that's this is a new direction. But the fans of but fans of Essence actually liked it. Because mm. Essence doesn't usually ride upon blown out production. Like Essence yeah. shines best when it comes to minimal stuff. Yeah. So I think kind of Frank kind of tailor made it for Essence. And it worked yeah. out great. And Bucky is yeah, a good example of it. It's such a groovy song when you, you just keep vibing to it, you know? The more you listen to it, the the more it grooves. 
like the song has like this weird funky kind of a beat pattern and that very really works futuristic funk to it like yeah the groove is so unconventional like yeah, it's really really experimental especially if really you, experimental especially if you understand korean like at yeah. first it might even seem like essence is offbeat yeah but he really isn't and that kim no, isle verse oh god like Dude. that kim isle verse at the end he slayed that beat at the end. He killed I, that shit. Yeah, I thought dude, it was fun. It was... Wow, he sounds so much like Kendrick here. And then, yeah, it wasn't like almost like um, like a copycat or something. But it was like, oh yeah. my, this kind of like um catharsis you hear in a Ken- Kendrick verse. Like I, I got that from Kim Isle. He sounded yeah. so dope over that. I wish he rapped more. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah he I wish too. I wish I, I wish the song was a bit longer, but. Yeah. I mean, regardless, I mean, for those people out there, mm. you know, is l- looking for stuff that's just unconventional, just unorthodox, take a listen to Bucky and you'll, you'll see, you'll hear the very unorthodox style to it. So Master will kill that hook too. Yeah, yeah he th- did too. Yeah. There are two kings in Korean hip hop when it comes to having this super laid back, simplistic style, but still slick at the same time. One is the quiet and the other <laughs> yeah, is Master Wu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This like it seems like they're lazy, almost they're in a sense. <laughs> but it's really hard to emulate their style. It really is, and yeah. that kind of lazy aesthetic is what makes it so cool. It it, it makes it sound so effortless, you know. Exactly. It, it sounds it's a, good song. It's, a, it's a fucking amazing track. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but. Please do comment and let us know what you think of today's topic. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please go and subscribe to our podcast on all, all, on all streaming platforms. And please give us that five-star rating. If you want more K-Hip-Hop contents, go check out Daytona's Instagram at myk underscore Daytona for K-Hip-Hop album reviews. And also follow our social media page at soul underscore therapy. Thank you guys so much and see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.